And now, the Blaze Radio Network presents 40 Acres and a Fool. Here's your host, Cam Edwards. Greetings from the near frontier. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of 40 Acres and a Fool here on the Blaze Podcast Network. My name is Cam Edwards, and I am joined tonight by the lovely and talented Miss E. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm good. We got pretty, we got, well, we got. We got good We got results. good news yesterday. We got great news. We didn't get, we got good news we yesterday. We got good news. So after six weeks of doing the clinical trial, which consists of a daily chemo pill and uh, every three weeks infusion of an immunotherapy drug, um, the, there are like, I have 12 or 13 little tiny tumors, mm-hmm. various size tumors, but he's watching two that are the most solid. Okay. He said, because some of them are a little squishy around the edges, and it's a lot harder to get a good um, idea idea of their actual size. And when I was talking to the nurse about this, she says that the squishy ones may be the ones that are already starting to fall apart. Oh. So that made me feel even better. Right. Because this was later in the afternoon, and she had been a research nurse working on these immunotherapies back years ago. Okay. Anyway, so I, I digress. Um, so he's watching two spots, and the good news is, is they didn't get any bigger. Okay. They didn't get any smaller. They didn't get any bigger. They didn't get any bigger. And it seems like every single CT scan that I've had for the past year, every one has been, yeah, they got a little bit bigger. Yeah, most of them got a little bit bigger. Um, So that's good. Um, So I get to keep doing the trial. Uh, I stay at the lower dosage of the chemo drugs. Which is is great. Great news, yeah. I actually... To be honest, I can't. I don't feel any different than normal. I mean, I get I tired more, and I'm not as strong as I was, only because I'm just, you know, my muscles all crapped out now. Um, but I don't hardly feel the side effects of the drug. So, and the doctor was really pleased about that because, you know, his his goal is to try to get me better without making me feel worse. Right. Yeah. And I, somebody had asked about that today, and I said, you know, it's amazing. I said, I think this is the first therapy that you've been on. Where and obviously we had that week where the side effects were kicking your butt. But right. once we were able to fix the dosage, like this is probably the best you felt on chemo. On chemo and yeah. getting treatment. Exactly. And the the drug here that's supposed to be working isn't necessarily the chemo drug because when they give you chemo, chemo is supposed to go in and kill cells that aren't supposed to be growing and multiplying. But that's not what the chemo doing. The chemo is doing in this case. The chemo is just helping the immun- immunotherapy drug. So, anyway, so we get six more weeks. So, yeah, six more weeks we'll find out, again, what's going on. But in the meantime, I just keep on doing what I'm doing. Well, I'm, I'm, I got to tell you, I wasn't there for this. For those of you who are listening to the podcast, I, and so I'm, I'm at home, I'm in my office, and it was like a whole day because you had to go in, you had to get your scan done, then you had to wait for the results, so you had to do some other test work, and then you had to wait yeah. for the doctor. So it's about 11.45 or so, and Missy's texting me, and I'm waiting for the doctor, and I was like, okay. It's probably more like 11, waiting for the doctor. I'm like, all right. So about an hour goes by. I'm like, I want to text her, <laughs> but I don't know if she's still in with the doctor. Ah, uh, this is, ah, uh, this is, ah, uh, drive me crazy. So finally I text her. I'm like, okay, any words yet? And, uh, nope, still waiting to see the doctor. <sighs> okay. But then I, I, I did get that word and did the happy dance in my office because, <laughs> you know, look, like you said, it's not, it's not great news, no. but it's good news. Yeah. It's better and than good news is not bigger. bad news, not, right? Yeah. Not getting, not growing is better than growing. 
Yes. Sable is better than nothing <laughs> right? at this point. I'll take it. So if we're watching those two and they didn't grow, then yay! Yay. So, so so we'll put that aside until, what, late July? Well, that'll be July. Probably they'll have to rearrange Early my August. schedule then because then it'll be... I am already scheduled for the 10th and the 31st of July, so the 31st will be six weeks out, so they're probably going to have to add a CT scan to that day now. Okay. Okay. And an EKG. And what? Oh, the CT scan I had was not just my lungs, but they keep doing the whole chest, abdomen, pelvis. I guess making sure that nothing got to anywhere else. Okay. So, and that's the other thing. Nothing in the lymph nodes. Still just in the lungs. But so. The I'll only take thing it. that was wrong was my blood pressure. But what was weird was the um, the chemo drug or the immunotherapy drug had a side effect of making people's blood pressure go wacky. Well, I already have high blood pressure. So what it was doing to me was making my blood pressure go really low. So I had to stop taking my medicine. But yesterday it was a little high. So they rewrote my medicine to split it into two different components. And uh, yeah, but that's the only problem is my blood pressure was a little high. I'll take it. Yeah, me too. I've been having, I've been hearing that since, uh, I don't know, I was <laughs> as long 20, as I've known you. <laughs> 21 years old. It started when I was pregnant with my oldest and it went away. But then it came back four and a half years later when I was pregnant with my next kid, and it never went away. Yeah. So it's been ever since I was 25. So we had a uh, nice Father's Day as well. It was very quiet and uneventful. Very low-key. But I did grill for you. You did. See, the meme I've been seeing all over the interwebs Mm -hmm. is... uh, Mother's Day, can't get a reservation at a restaurant, but on Father's Day, they expect us to grill with a grumpy-looking old man. I'm like, um, I am <laughs> the one who grills here. I the, I'm the cook. So. You are. And you did a really good job. We had mushroom and Swiss burgers. Yeah, they were delicious. They were amazingly good, yes. So it was lovely. It was a... Uh, it's it's been pretty good weather wise. You know, it's it's Virginia in the summertime, so it's upper eighties. We've had uh, like the storms. You a know, lot of rain. A lot of rain, but it hasn't been steady. It's just you know afternoon showers basically, and in the but evening. We haven't had water. No, it's, which is which has been great. I love it. Uh, yesterday we had this like torrential downpour for two minutes. Right, and that was it. Yeah, it was done. Managed to knock over the big heavy hydrangea heads. But yeah, all the tomatoes are at least. Um, on Florida fencing almost all the way to the tops of their plantage now. Yeah, I'm really excited about our garden. So the peppers are all still alive. I figured, I thought that they were going to be dead, the ones that I you know planted down in the ground, but down in the garden. But uh, but they're all alive. Some of them actually have peppers on them. We've got a Mad Hatter. We've got a couple of Serranos. And then we've got one just regular green bell pepper because I accidentally bought That's fine. bell I love peppers. Bell peppers. Um, so they're still kind of puny plants, but... They're flowering and they're producing. Well, so we've had puny tomatoes here and there, but we have some monstrous-looking cucumbers. Yeah, we had some cucumbers that I thought. I, we had this conversation yesterday. I was like, I think a couple of these are ready to go. I haven't haven't yanked on the cucumbers yet to see if they you know come off easily. <laughs> if they come away easily, then they're ready. If you have to really pull, right. then they're not quite ready to go. So there's your cucumber harvesting hint for the day. <laughs> I'm getting ready to uh, clear out our beet bed, I think, for the most part, and then replant our beets. Okay. Um, and I think... We've got one box, uh, one one raised garden bed where we've had carrots, and they aren't doing anything, really. Uh, so I think I'm going to go ahead and pull those carrots out. And I think I might plant beets there, too. Okay. Or we can save them well, for... Well, it's not a very sunny spot, which so when it's a root vegetable, it really needs to get full sun. Okay. But we can put... Brussels sprouts. Brussels, I was just thinking the same thing. We can put some Brussels sprouts back there. Because it's time to plant Brussels sprouts. Yeah, we yep. can just go ahead and do that. All right, well, we can do that this weekend, too, okay. then. 
Um, so yeah, the garden's been going great. The, uh, the goats are all getting milked every day still. You made chevra. Yep, I made right? chevra and I made yogurt. Oh yeah, I forgot you made yogurt. I haven't had haven't had either yet, but I'm looking forward to it's it. It's in the fridge. I know. I meant to have yogurt today, but I skipped breakfast. Ah. So Missy makes this really really yummy looking breakfast, and it's just yogurt and some granola and a little bit of honey and whatever some piece fruit. of fruit I have to cut up. Yeah. Yesterday it was nectarine. And it looks delicious. And it's really good with peaches. And uh, today it was fruit cocktail because I thought I had some canned peaches in the fridge and I went to grab the container. But I realized because it was a plastic screw top container that I recycled it for a fruit cocktail, which the canned peaches and the fruit cocktail were pretty much the only foods I could eat when I felt like crap. Yeah. The side effects were kicking my butt. Anyway, um, so I had to see, I was like, oh, this isn't peaches. Well, it's predominantly, it's peach heavy. So I just poured <laughs> some of it. It was delicious with the yogurt and the granola. Yum. I didn't even put any honey on because I was already getting some of the that sweet syrup. From the syrup. Yeah. I mean, it was all fruit juice syrup, but it's still really right. sweet. Yeah. But yeah, that was a yummy breakfast today. No, I remember I remember going to the store that week and, and because I felt so bad that I couldn't do anything to make you feel better. So it was like, you said, can you go get me some sliced peaches? And I said, yes. And so I'm there, and I'm like, what are the best sliced peaches? <laughs> okay, what else can I get her? If she wants sliced peaches, fruit cocktail. I get her fruit cocktail. And then what else can I get? Like, I get a chunky fruit cocktail. Any other fruit cocktail. No, it's great. I still have two cans of fruit cocktail left. I love fruit cocktail. I'm one of those weird people who loves it. Oh, and, okay, so speaking of fruit cocktail, do you remember our 10th wedding anniversary? I do. We had the white, white trash, trash wedding. wedding anniversary, yes. There, if you, you want to find something that sounds redonkulous, but it's absolutely delicious for our quote-unquote wedding cake for the party, because I made a whole bunch of white trash food, pigs in blankets. And, and by the way, I want before people get upset, I want you to understand, it's not like we did this ironically. We did this wholeheartedly. <laughs> this was this was a lovely. We weren't making fun of anybody. We were embracing our our, our inner redneck. Yeah, <laughs> our, our white trashiness. I mean, I mean, yeah. Come on. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, we uh, had we had told people to dress like their you know trashiest selves, and I bought I went up to the uh, local grocery store with a, like a, a a whole roll of quarters, and I bought a bunch of those lick and stick tattoos, fake tattoos, right? fake tattoos so everybody put on a tattoo. But anyway, um, but there was the thing I made for our quote unquote wedding cake was Paula Deen's Krispy Kreme bread pudding. And if you are a big fan of Krispy Kreme and bread pudding, you're going to love this. But why I mentioned fruit cocktails, oddly enough, there is a can of fruit cocktail in this bread pudding pudding. with the Krispy Kreme donuts and and custard and the whole nine yards. And it sounds like it would be really weirdly gross, but it's really good. (laughs) So it's the Krispy Kreme bread pudding by Paula Dean. Well, you know, we've got our 22nd coming up here in uh, just a little more than a month. So What's the... 20, traditional 22nd wedding anniversary gift. Maybe uh, we can I don't know, but I base I'm, a party on something like that. Maybe Krispy Kreme. We we don't we live too far away from anybody to actually have a party. No, we don't. We'll just do something <laughs> ourselves. Was, but if we could do like single servings of the Krispy Kreme bread pudding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure I can manage that, but we can figure something out. We can we can make it and portion it and freeze it for later. Like they freeze your top layer of your wedding cake until your yep. next anniversary. Yeah, there you go. You can do that. <laughs> so I had something uh, uh, kind of cool happened today as I was uh, coming home from doing Cam and Company. I pulled into our driveway and getting ready to start heading down the driveway. And this dog is walking up our driveway towards me. And this dog was so skinny and it had a collar on, but the collar was really loose. So I stopped the 
the car, got out, and thankfully there was a number on the collar, so I called. It's and it's a good uh, Samaritan. Well, it was and a, it's I mean, a highway too. I exactly. I always feel bad when there's dogs on that road. And it was a really sweet looking dog. I mean, it was a hunting dog. But, yeah. You know, very very sweet, but but almost skin and bones. Anyway, this had been this dog had been missing for over a week. Oh. Um, but I got to meet one of our semi sort of neighbors because he probably lives only about a mile as the crow flies, but about four miles as the car drives. Okay. Okay. Um, and. Uh, and, and as soon as he pulled in, man, her tail started wagging. And as soon as he stepped out, like, she ran over to him. Aww. So, yeah. No mistake in who she belonged to. No. And it's not like she was running from him when, you know, he right. came to pick her up. Right. Because there, I mean, I hate to say it, but. Um, There's some jerks with hunting dogs around there, here. There are. You know, most of the people I know, actually all of the people I know, treat their dogs very, very well. Right. But, but there, there are, are people out here who don't. And it's crap yeah you know so i was i was prepared um but uh but yeah she was uh she was back in her her owner's rightful arms did you get her name i did not now there was another dog he said to to keep an eye out because two of them had gotten loose apparently he said his neighbors have bigger dogs Mm. um i won't mention the breed because i think that they're a maligned breed but they're also Uh, jerk owners of these dogs too oh yeah and apparently they got out and chased these two dogs off one of them was actually on a, a guide chain oh and so right and so he's really worried that she might get stuck on something in the woods Mm, so i said i would be listening as well as looking but her name is star okay so i'm keeping an an eye and some ears out uh for star but we can throw on some bug spray and walk through the woods this week um maybe yeah we can try i don't know the ticks have just been so awful i don't even want to they're like flying ticks, they said now, in, in this part of Virginia. I'm like... Okay, so that would explain why you it, had one on the back of your neck. Yeah, and, and I was not doing anything. Right. <laughs> yeah, the other the other day, <laughs> we got done with milking, and Missy, we're in the kitchen, and Missy says, like, ah, I feel something on my neck, and she's like, like Russian, you're right, you know, feel like something... Well, because then I thought itchy, it was just a just tag. Like, right, and you're like, no, I think it's a tag, and then I turn around, and I'm like, nope, just hang on right there. And thankfully, it hadn't bit you yet. No. It was just but, crawling around trying to find a spot to suck my blood. I, I have been bit so many times this year. It's disgusting. Yeah, just call him the Tick gross. Man now. <laughs> tick! It's disgusting. But uh, so I don't know. I don't know if we'll, we'll be walking through the woods this weekend, but uh, maybe we send the kids out. We can put our bee suits on and spray us up with it <laughs> in the inside. No, we can't really put any insect repellent on the bee suit. No, probably not. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I mean, not like we have any bees right now to worry about. No, we do not. We just have some empty bee condos. Right. Yeah. So so I saw something cool this week that I wanted to share. I sent you the email, and I don't know how I found this, but it's a sourdough starter from 1847. Yeah, you said it was on the Oregon Trail. It was on the Oregon Trail. Yeah, and this so explain to me how you could have a sourdough starter from 1847. Well, because you have to as you use it, you have to keep feeding it. Okay. So when you take out a scoop of sourdough, you're adding back water and flour. And you're scooping it out and adding more food. That's why our mother is 14, 15 years old. Okay. I have sourdough starter in the refrigerator that's about 15 years old. Oh wow. And it's because I let her sit, pretty much goes dormant for a while in the refrigerator. But when I need her, I pull some out, scoop it out, 
feed her, feed the starter, and I can go from there. Okay. So, yeah, this is a, this was called like a, a dry starter or a semi-dry starter? Yeah, they, you can take your starters and you can smear them out and dehydrate them. And then you just have to rehydrate them with flour and water. Wow. And then you have, and let it sit so that it starts to grow. Because it's, you know, it's natural bacteria and stuff. Okay. Flora and fauna and all kinds of whatever, but, you know. So I just thought this was really cool because I, you know, I, I don't, I'm, I'm not much of a cook, but. No, uh, but I, I'm going to actually send away for it. So yeah, tell them you can, part of this is that they've got grants and they get donations. And so if yeah, you it's all a free, self-adjust envelope and you want to send a little bit of a donation along in cash, they, they'll send you some of this dehydrated starter that you can start your own starter. Yeah. And the website is, um, it's called Carl's Friends. C A R L S friends.net and it's the Carl Griffith 1847 Oregon Trail uh, sourdough starter. The, he ha- he must have had a, a brochure at some point because you got you can get a PDF that you can download of this brochure. Oh neat. Right? And it has got you know directions on how to reactivate the starter from the powdered form. It's got a recipe for sourdough biscuits, sourdough hotcakes, yeah. um, Alaskan sourdough bread, hmm. something called the doctor's sourdough bread. Um what I thought was really neat is he says, uh, all I know is that it started west, the starter, started west in 1847 from Missouri. He said, I would guess with the family of Dr. John Savage as one of his daughters, which was Carl's great-grandmother, was the cook. He said, it came on west and settled near Salem, Oregon. Doc Savage's daughter met and married my great-grandfather on the trail, and they had 10 children. Whoa. It was passed on to me through my parents when they passed away. I'm 76 years old, so that was some time ago. This is what I thought was really, really cool. He says, I first l- learned to use the starter in a Basque sheep camp when I was 10 years old as we were setting up a homestead on the Steens Mountains in southeastern Oregon. He said, a campfire has no oven, so the bread was baked in a Dutch oven in a hole in the ground or in the ground in which we had built a fire, placed the oven, scraped in the coals from around the rim, and covered with dirt for several hours. Mm. He says, I used it later making bread in a chuck wagon on several cattle drives, again in southeastern Oregon. He says, considering that the people at that time had no commercial starter for their bread, I do not know when it was first caught from the wild or where, but it has been exposed to many wild yeast since, and personally, I like it. I hope you enjoy it. (laughs) I love the fact that there's a there's a, a sourdough star like you can eat bread that came from you know it's been on cattle drives and right. was in Basque sheep camps and like that's like the manliest sourdough ever. Right, we're gonna have to get some of that, and make it into pancakes. Yeah, <laughs> hot cakes, I believe, is what they're called. Hot Johnny cakes, cakes. Oh, cakes, Johnny cake. Well, actually, they're all a little bit different. That's true. Some that's of true. them have corn in them. Yeah, I'm okay without going corn free in my. Pancakes. Yeah, I just like mine like fluffy. The fluffier they are, the more syrup they can absorb. Very good point. That's why I like mine light and fluffy. I, I didn't I didn't think about that. Somebody I used to know like them skin, thin and skinny are like I was like, no, you want them fluffy, suck up all the stuff. Maybe you can call your new stuffed goat sourdough. Maybe that could be its name. Well it is rather bread colored. It is. So you are holding this adorable little baby goat thing yeah. that arrived in the mail today you goat mail i've seen it on facebook and i was like oh how that's funny you just get a random goat in the mail and i did i got the cutest little super soft fluffy and i was thinking sourdough might be a good name i was actually thinking george because i would love him and i would hug him <laughs> and i would squeeze him and i will hold him forever and i will call you george um but maybe sourdough i yes. don't know it's cute 
Do you remember on my desk that? with my monsters? To you? Uh, yeah, it was, um, Missy, you have friends in Independence, Kentucky, who are praying for you. We hope this little goat brings you joy. Love the Wilhelmus family? Wilhelmus family, I Willemus? believe so, yeah. Okay. Yep. Sorry for the mispronunciation. Yep. And, uh, yeah, so somebody reached out to me on Twitter and said, oh my gosh, I saw this, and I thought Missy would love it, and I said, <laughs> I think Missy would love it too. So, uh, yeah, so that was a lovely little surprise. Cute. And it was, it was really cool, because, you know, originally... I didn't know when it was coming, but the fact that it came, uh, it actually came yesterday. I just didn't give it to you until today. <laughs> That's uh, all right. <laughs> but it came, came yesterday. I was fully prepared. Like, if yesterday had sucked and if you had gotten bad news, this was going to be your consolation prize. Like, well, it's not working, but look, somebody sent you a stuffed goat. You know? <laughs> and, uh, and and now it's much better. Yeah, exactly. Um, because it's almost like a celebration goat. Woo-hoo, you know, celebratory goat. I haven't actually Versus touched it. Can I, can, I, ah. <laughs> can I? Oh, it is so soft. Isn't it? Yeah. He's really cute, too. Really? I know. So what is it called? You goat male? You goat male. You goat no, male. No, or you goat male. Y-O-U goat male. Okay. G-O, yeah, you goat male. All right. By the way, they're not advertising here, but if you order one of these goats, tell them you heard about it on 40 Acres and a Fool, and maybe they will. Yeah, right. <laughs> hey, these people are sending us business. That's right. Ooh. Gay really for capitalism. Right. I saw yeah. something yesterday. Uh, not to get all political, but I saw something yesterday on the Twitters. There's this socialist magazine, which is not available for free, oddly enough, um, <laughs> called uh, Jacobin, after the um, after the uh, the French political faction that was responsible for the terror. Yes. By the way, yeah, yeah. Um, in the guillotine, and you know the murder of uh, hundreds of priests and nuns, and yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, Jacobin had a, a tweet saying uh, capitalism has failed to provide housing for all people and so so therefore it must be like some sort of failure right Mm, no that's not how it works no it it really isn't how it works i mean um anyway my response was uh yeah capitalism isn't perfect but at least it's not socialism yeah right right so we love capitalism as flawed as it may be uh here on the 40 acres yeah, speaking of which, I might open an Etsy shop and start selling these baby booties. Man, you really need to. I've been telling you this for years. I know. But I don't like custom orders. So I think I'm just going to make stuff and, <laughs> and put it up for and sale. And just sell it. And it'll be like, no, you cannot get that in sparkle blue because I don't do that. So if you want it in blue, this is the bluest of the blues that I have. I may make a blue one later, but I'm not making any promises kind of thing. Right. No, so, I think that's the way to do it. Yeah. Honestly. I think you're right. Just have stock. Yeah. So, so far I've. Three, four pairs. <laughs> uh, baby booties? Yeah. Wow. And one of those is going to, as a present, I just found out one of my coworkers has boy-girl twins, and I'm like, bless your heart. Oh, wow. Yeah. And she's I was not telling you about a, October. a Twitter friend who's having twins yeah. as well. So these, we had other friends who just had twins, so man, they're everywhere. I know. Must be something in the water. <laughs> <laughs> something like that. Uh, well, the booties will keep you uh, keep you busy then. Yeah, because it's a little bit of yarn, and I timed myself the other day, and I was able to get one done in an hour and nine minutes from... I actually thought I counted the cast on, but I hit the timer right after. So I started from row, row one until I wove in the two ends. Cause, and the, each time I make it, I'm telling myself how to do it so that I'm trying to write the directions for people to do it themselves. Because it's, I call it the nonstop baby booty because you literally don't stop knitting. Okay. You make the base, you pick up around the sides, you create the, the box for the foot, then you create the toe box, and then the top where it's like the sock that goes around the ankle but it's all done 
with one continuous piece of yarn. You're not stopping, you're not having to sew anything, you're not having to um, put together two different sections. It's all one, you're knitting three in 3D. Oh, wow. That's neat. Yeah, I knit in 3D. It's all magic to me. It is, I know. It's all magic. Um, speaking of knitting, so you had made yourself a... No, actually, you didn't make yourself this hat. You made this hat for that uh, a gentleman well, that you well, were sharing. Well, 14 years ago, I made it for my sister in black and hot pink. The, That's we call right. them pirates hat. And it's a black hat with skull and crossbones on it. And then I just met a guy in my last oncology clinic, and he was young going through cancer, and he had lost his hair and his beard, so I made him a hat. And then I was like, huh... I made myself a hat and then somebody saw it and they were like can i have a hat so i made them a hat and i sent it to new jersey and, and, then, just, and then this week you um, said something about making well yeah one for well uh, how it happened was on twitter uh dave mustaine the lead singer and guitarist of megadeth announced that he had uh he's been diagnosed with throat cancer well that screaming will do something to it sucks right but yeah. you know his, he said you know the doctors feel you know really positive they got a good plan and so anyway so i just sent him a message whenever i see anybody on twitter regardless of what their politics are or who they are if i see anything cancer related i cheer them on right just i just do yeah now yeah right. so i because we know how bad it sucks exactly so i just replied um you know, I know you're going to kick its ass, and if you want one of these hats, let me know. And I posted a picture of the skull and crossbones chemo cap that you oh, made. Oh, okay. And uh, I did not hear back from Dave Mustaine, which is fine. Um, but I did hear back from a woman who asked, uh, is there any way that Missy could make one of these for my sister, uh, sister-in-law? And um, and so I asked you, and you said yes. And, man, you knocked that out in, like, what, three or four days? Three days. Wow. I wrote down. I wrote down the day I started, and I wrote down when I finished. So you could populate your Etsy shop with a lot of stuff pretty quickly. I'm just and I saying. could have actually finish that yesterday, but I didn't bring the you right forgot. size needles with me to do the top because it's knit in the round on a circular needle. But once you get to start to decreasing at the top, you don't. It's the circular needle is too big, and you have to switch to double pointed needles. Is I this pattern available anywhere? Yeah, online? we call them pirates. You can just Google it. We call them pirates. We call them pirates. Okay. You have to know how to read charts. Okay. And I don't actually follow the directions. <laughs> like, <laughs> like just like with like the recipes. Everything <laughs> else that I make. Um, this calls for okay. So this is all knitter talk. So you're not going to get any of it. But it calls for a provisional cast on, so that after you finish knitting the body of the hat. You go ahead and then you you um, pick up the provisional cast on and then you knit a lining. I'm too lazy for that. So instead, I do a hem. And so I knit for about an inch and a half. I do two purl rows and that's where my turning point's gonna be. And then I continue on with the body of the hat. Okay. Oh, you're right, I didn't get any of that. That's okay, knitters would get it. That's okay, I was distracted by a, a mosquito bite. Oh, okay. So, I have a job in the morning now while Miss E is um, milking the goats. I'm the bouncer. Yes, because those stupid... <laughs> that stays right by the fence, so that none of them try to get out through the electric fence, which is hot, Yeah. but they'll still try, and they'll actually do it. Yeah. Um, so, I stand there, and I guess, again, because we've had so much rain, the mosquitoes have just been so thick. Yeah, especially it doesn't help that we have that area down near the creek with the standing water. I know. Believe me, I know. I wonder if there's something we could just throw in that area just to keep it mosquitoes from growing. Because they have those things they that you can put discs. in pots. Yeah. We might just be able to get away with that for now. It's not going to hurt the grass or anything. No, I don't think so. I, I'm just, uh, there's so much 
there's so much I'm not sure how many of those would have to get but we could we could try it I'm yeah. perfectly willing to try it it'd be like you know doing it on a pond right probably at this point small yeah. pond but still small pond. yeah and very shallow but yeah. uh but still yeah. a breeding ground for mosquitoes yep exactly I know and be We've already got enough bloodsuckers with the ticks this year. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, I, I, I am curious. I've heard from a couple of other people. Because I've, I've, <laughs> I'm now a grown-up, and these are the types of conversations that I have with people online. Uh, how bad are the ticks in your neighborhood? But um, I have heard from people around the, the country. seem to be worse. That it's, yeah, that it's really bad this year. I wonder if we didn't get it. Maybe because did it get not cold enough for things to die or get frozen? We before? had a fairly mild winter remember it got cold in december we had our biggest snowfall in december was it december or like early it was early december okay um but normally it's like february is when we get our snow and it it, winter kind of petered out yeah it was very wet but it was it was a lot of rain not snow so maybe that's part of it i don't know how it works with bug cycles but yeah it seems like we have way more than usual i know the other thing i've been thinking about is maybe we just need to get a couple dozen guinea hens and just you know let them loose because they supposedly eat ticks like nobody's business, but I've also heard they're really, really loud. Oh, they're very loud. <laughs> I was in, speaking of loud. I was in my office where we where we do the podcast, uh, and I'm you know working away yesterday morning, and Mr. Crow must have been on the porch. Oh, because all of a sudden out of nowhere. I mean, I'm used to it being kind of quiet. You know, all of a sudden out of nowhere. And it, I mean, it just it was so, so loud. loud. <laughs> And I jumped so high. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm used to it because they're always milling around my office windows. Cause okay. It's, it's, it's near the feed shed. Yeah. Not my corner where my, my office is, is right outside. You know, the feed right. shed's right outside. So they're always there. So I'm here all the time. So I don't really. And plus, it's a different level. Like, that, my office is so Yours much is up a little higher, higher yeah. and off the ground than your office is here. So, yeah, no, this especially is, if he's on the porch. <laughs> this is like at your level. And the other thing is, so we've got these baby birds um, that have, or we, we had a, a, a bird make a nest outside of my office right above the uh, porch. On a, light. on a lamp. Yeah. On top of a lamp. On top no, of a lamp. You tried to knock it off several For like two times, days, but she I kept, kept building it. She, it right. was like, if I was like, fine, it'd stay, whatever. And uh, so now we've got these five little baby birds that are starting to feather in. They're starting to feather in. But the cats. Oh, they're like sharks. They are like sharks. And I figured out they're not picking up on the fact that they're baby birds or really even a nest there, but they're picking up on the fact that the adult birds are now flying back and forth to the nest. A lot more. And they're landing on the porch rails. And they're landing on the porch rails, right. And so the cats are now skulking around my office. So last night I'm over here and I'm reading. And all of a sudden I hear this thump on the porch. I'm like, what? And I hear a thump on the porch again. And I get up and I look and it's stupid cats. And they're like trying to, you know, jump up and grab the bird. Oh, geez. I know. So I had to chase them off. I mean, they're cats, you know, and they're, they're and they they do their cat thing. I mean, we've caught, we've seen, we've woken up in the morning and it's like, oh, look, you caught a cardinal because yeah. there's a wing. A wing on the front porch. Um, Thanks well, so much for sharing. One night I was out with the dogs and I'm hearing this noise that I have not heard in six years of living here, this animal cry. I'm like, what the heck is that? Is that a bobcat? That is so weird. No, it was a baby rabbit that one of the cats had... Uh, 
caught and was just toying with underneath Missy's truck. And I was like, really? That's uh, that's nature for you. But, you know, every time I see these stories, people are like uh, anthropomorphizing animals. And, oh, my gosh, they're just like us. Well, then they're psychos. Yeah, right. Our- <laughs> and they're, they're sociopaths. Psychopathic okay? murderers. Exactly. <laughs> who slink around and, and will just break off at a gallop for no good reason and then stop, stand still and lick themselves. You're like, what are you even thinking? And we don't have any catnip growing around here, but we have psycho cats. I have thought about uh, getting some catnip and putting that in one of the uh, one of the, the cold frame boxes. Well, no. The only problem is, is that we spent a lot of money to get them uh, vaccinated and dewormed and whatever and fixed. And I'd really hate for them to be so stoned that a coyote comes along and eats them. That's true. They are awfully friendly with uh, the with dogs. our dogs. Yeah. They're hilarious with Ruffy. They must think he's like one of their fat boyfriends or something. Cause well, Zelda too. Like at night, they'll uh, Coyote in particular yeah. will, will like come up to Zelda and like put her face on Zelda's. And, and Zelda loves it. She's like, this is my friend. And like <laughs> yeah, last night, I took Zelda for a walk before I went to bed. And Coyote the cat was out there and and playing kind of like hard to get, like three feet away from <laughs> Zelda. And so Zelda just like she just like lays down right by the uh, the front porch and about three feet away from the cat. And she's just staring at the cat like, "Won't you come over and play?" And the play other cat's just you know he's the three feet away and licking herself like you said. Um, but yeah, it's really weird. They they get along and, and yeah, I mean I think Zelda really really likes. Sometimes she wants to chase them, but right. but. But she's she like, it's really, all in fun. She wants them to, yeah, she yeah. wants them to be her friend. Yeah, it's very it's strange. kind of funny. Yeah, I know. And but I keep telling her, you don't want to hang out. She's like a cat, so maybe she she thinks that she's like them only in a bigger form. Or she has no concept of her size. Maybe she thinks she's just another one of them. Maybe Bullet thinks he's bigger than he is, so that could be it. I know. You'd think he was he was the size of a bus Volkswagen bus, the way he tries to beep, 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 back, back up in, our, in the kitchen. You're like, you have room to turn around. You don't you're not that big, but still he'll he'll back up. He's he's like he's like the nader of um the mater of mater. Of, of dogs. He's, right. he's a good backwards walker. <laughs> he is a good backwards walker, yes. All right, well, I think that's about all the time that uh, we're going to spend here on this episode of 40 Acres and a Fool. We don't have any emails to get to this week. Oh, okay. So email address is 40acrefool at gmail.com. People are busy with their gardens. I know. And you said you did hear from a lot of folks on Instagram that uh, they would be interested in T-shirts? Yes. Okay. Including uh, your stepsister. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. Um, so we are, we'll, we'll, we'll continue investigating that. Uh, but again, 40acrefool at gmail.com. We would love to hear your summer adventures. How is your garden growing? What's going on in your life? Uh, on Instagram, Missy e is at Corny Goat Farm. I am at Cam Edwards. On Twitter, I am at Cam Edwards. And Missy e is nowhere to be found. On Twitter? Yeah. Oh, no. No, no. No, I would be in so much trouble <laughs> on the Twitters. So, yeah, it's a good thing. It is a good thing. It's a cesspool for the most part. I mean, listen. It also I, makes I, you dumber. The thing is, like... I don't want to be one of those people that just bashes Twitter because I actually I really like Twitter. Twitter could be a really really great thing, and and it has its moments. I like the community of friends that I have there on Twitter, but uh, it's just got some real issues, and it's got a bunch of jerks. Oh yeah. So every social media site has a bunch of jerks, though. I know, I know, but you're you know you don't need to be around that. No, I certainly don't. No. So. 
I stay away. All right, well, in the meantime, until we talk again, be safe, have fun, live a little, learn a lot. And make stuff. And we'll talk to you soon with more 40 Acres and a Fool here from Blaze Podcast Network. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. 